0: You're listening to the 3 Points in a Pie podcast with Kyle Colson, Colby Stevens, and Alfie Lauder.
1: All right guys, welcome to another edition of 3 Points in a Pie podcast. I am your host Colby. Also with... Alfie. Kyle could not join us today. He has some things going on. So uh, we just went on ahead with without him, as he said we should. We miss you, buddy. We'll see you next episode. Let's first get into talking about Chelsea. Right now, they're kind of on the fences, it seems, with a new owner possibly coming in, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers owner, Todd Bowley. Let's get some of your perspective on this, Alfie.
2: Well, um... Position-wise, in the table, luckily, we had a good enough start to the season that mm-hmm. we are able to kind of like limp over the line. Yeah, yeah. Because at the moment, that is it is what we are doing. There's been – I mean, there's always big news coming out of Chelsea, but it's obviously it, – it broke my heart to see Rudiger go. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think that – I mean, it's going to be a completely different defense next season. There's a lot at you, the same Who time. do you
1: kind of see? Who do you, Who do you kind of see being – a decent replacement for antonio rudiger i mean that's those are big shoes to fill i mean he's done a lot for you guys over the last few seasons and i feel like you know there might be somebody out there but like who who would you choose for an immediate
2: uh replacement i would go with uh Kunde. yeah um and we've been really strong with Limp with him for like the last couple of seasons i'm also really excited to see levi colwell come back mm-hmm I think he's going to be a phenomenal defender. And I think he's going to really follow Reese James' path Yeah, as opposed to, to Chalibur. Chalibur is a, an awesome squad player. Um, I don't think he's got it in him to be a, a starting 11 week in, week out. Yeah, I don't like talking about body shape because it, it's it's easy to point fingers, especially when you look at my body shape. <laughs> but um, that's the both of us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but Chalobah just looks like he could do with like another five, ten pounds on him. Yeah, it it's like he's got to fill out a little bit more just to be that centre back presence. But I mean, being able to learn off Thiago, this is going to help anyone.
1: Yeah, right off I the mean, bat,
2: definitely uh, Kunde is a, a kind of like for like
1: replacement. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that sounds probably the best fit in my eyes um there's a couple of guys that I personally would like to see come up from the Bundesliga uh specifically from uh the Wolfsburg side Kevin and Babu Lacroix John Brooks I mean he's been a staple for that for that back line for a couple of years now um and an American. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's, it's I like, it. to be honest with you, to be honest, with you, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I even watched that team this year is because of that uh, that back line. But mm-hmm. not only not only that, but their uh, uh one of their center mids, he plays more of a center defensive mid role, uh, Schlager. He, he can make some moves, but as far as going back to like defensively for you guys, I could totally see you guys taking like a Kevin Mbabu. And he be kind of like the counterbalance with Reese James,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. The um, I, I trust any player coming out of the Bundesliga. Um, when, when teams are linked with players coming out of Italy, uh-huh. um, I, I think it's kind of like a one in 10, one in 20 players can make that transition really well from Italian football to, to English. Mm-hmm. But the, like the German leagues, although I would say it's not as, as high quality or as high paced. As right. the EPL they right. they seem to be able to just slot into teams same as like the Scandinavians mm-hmm. they have that tactical discipline that uh, I mean they're beasts you know yeah
1: yeah yeah I feel like in just watching Bundesliga this year I mean we all have kind of agreed upon the fact that Bayern Munich is the root of all evil in that fucking league but uh <laughs> but uh you know, if you look at a lot, of, a lot of these mid-table teams that are in there, there are a lot of good players, like you said, that can literally slot right in an EPL team, um, especially more on the defensive side. Definitely. I believe um, you, you find very few, I feel like, that will come out of that league as far as a forward position goes where they're going to make a lot of difference. You've only really recently seen the big names that are in there between Holland, uh, Robert Lewandowski, Well, you saw Val Veghurst, He was with Wolfsburg. Now he's at Burnley. Yeah, Um, I think he's going to be he's going to be a beast next season. He is. He is, Um, and especially being in the Championship again. I think we've talked about this. I think that that would be a good starting play. He he got a taste of the EPL, right? Obviously, the club didn't do so well this year. They're 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 on the brink of relegation still. I feel like he could be, and if everybody out there is listening that has watched Ted Lasso. He's, he could be almost a Danny Rojas of, of sorts, um, you know, kind of, you know, they don't really have a Jamie Tart, but he could be, <laughs> he, he could be that role where, you know, he kind of comes in and sneaks it around and says, you know what? I'm going to take this franchise on my back a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think that he should, and this is a perfect opportunity for him. As far as ownership of Chelsea, um, being that, Todd Bowley does have success in other sports uh, with the MLB team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you feel that a lot of that winning culture can be then translated into Chelsea? Um, Or do you feel like there's going to be a little bit of hesitance on funding from that side?
2: Um, I think uh, with his track record, um, although that I know that he's got a good, he's got a good track record of spending money. They've also got a a good money on actually producing talent. Mm -hmm. Um, Buying talent too. She's, yeah, with the way the season's gone and I, ever, I, I mean, I've just I've been talking about myself. Uh, we've got a lot of players retiring, a lot of players leaving. Um, I think that the stars are aligning and there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic as a Chelsea fan. I mm-hmm. think that under Abramovich, managers, they never got a full chance to to, yeah. to make an impression, make a change. I think that they will, so long as kill is willing to, to, to stay, I think they will back him. But also... With the amount of players and the amount of big personalities that are actually going out of Chelsea, mm-hmm. he's probably like the first manager in in God knows how long that can actually really mould that team how he actually wants it. Right. He can bring in the players. He's got a hell of a, a lot of academy talent that he can kind of like reap from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we will see a, a little bit of a clear out. And yeah. Hopefully, like Brozier, I do feel that he should be given a chance. Mm-hmm. But just, just from the players that have come, kind of like like Dujong Sterling, who uh, Raheem Sterling's cousin. Yeah. Um, he's actually got over his injury and he looks like That's he's going back to his best. That's good. And he'll be brilliant cover for like the win backs. Mm. I, think, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. that So long as this obviously all goes through, I do think that they will back him financially and we will produce probably a, a side that competes. I don't think we're going to win it next year right i think it will will be more at the races than we were this year i think he's a year or two away from doing a, a championship proper competing team
1: well that kind of that kind of sparks up a question a little bit um considering that there's going to be some exits out of liverpool um potential sadio mane potential of mosala you know they they have decent enough Talent around the pitch without either one of them. I I, I kind of feel especially just, just looking at how they've played over the last couple of months. Yeah, definitely. But they're uh, they're about to lose their two best players because of finance. I think that because of that, that's going to help a little bit in terms of you guys. Now, on the opposite of that, waiting on Todd Bowley to or, or you know, whenever they make everything finalized. I mean that obviously has a lot of hindering as to what you can and cannot do as far as uh, transfer, as far as really any. I, I believe in in your scouting.
2: Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of restrictions they got on them. I know that we can't obviously sign any contracts. We can't do anything. I mean, they had to to change it slightly just for us to even sell tickets. Right. But um, definitely, there's there's. I feel. I feel with Liverpool, they've got, even if they keep the players that they've got, mm-hmm. I think they've got one more title challenge out of that team. And then I think Klopp is going to be facing, and don't get me wrong, Klopp is a phenomenal manager. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be going through the same thing that Ferguson did at Man United, where Ferguson had to build, rebuild. You know, he built three, at least mm-hmm. three different teams at, at Man United. Mm-hmm. and whether they are ask, ask the question this year or next season well like it would be the season after i don't know whether liverpool will actually change the way that they play because there's not they right are, need for it because Solara and mané produce so many goals from the wings i don't think there's many other players currently even playing that could kind of match that output mhm if they do lose a, a Salah or a Mane uh, this coming season with Luis Diaz there, yeah, I don't know whether he'll switch to more of an orthodox kind of like front man, man. Mm-hmm. and then go through the middle more. Again, it. I mean, it's all circumstantial, but uh, I can see Liverpool losing uh, one or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one of them is exactly happy with the other one. They never seem
1: jolly, jolly mates. You know what I mean. Not at all. And I think a lot of that stems from their meetings in AFCON, especially this, the last one that they had uh, so, with the laser, yeah. with laser pointer, pointer debacle. And I understand that that's, that's been a continuous thing over the last few seasons or the last couple of World Cups that have gone into play. Mm, er, definitely. Uh, yeah. But I have high hopes for you guys next season. I think that with Todd Bowley coming in, if the deal does finalize – there's going to be a lot of money that is going to be available for you guys. There are a lot of good players that are going to be in the summer transfer uh, throughout all the leagues. So yeah,
2: I definitely think this this summer is going to be a, a really active transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, there's all the with the money that has kind of come into certain teams, Newcastle, etc. They they kind of took it up a notch, but I think Especially there's some teams them. that are going to be looking for a rebuild. I mean. I mean, I know uh, Benzema's obviously had the season that he's had. I think we both know the kind of season that he had.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um,
2: (laughs) We're kind of at that point where a lot of these players that that are kind of icons at the moment, they're into like their 30s. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of big transfers are going to be happening all around.
1: You know, I find it kind of wild that a lot of these older players are like my age now. It's actually scary. It's so weird.
2: Like I'll sit there and I look at a, a, a player and I look at his age and it's like thirty four and it's like, oh, you know, season yeah. or two more and it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, the dude's like
1: seven eight years younger than you, <laughs> right? But I mean, in, on the opposite end of that spectrum, I mean, like, yeah, it's like weird and like fuck, but like these, these some of these players are producing. I mean, like, yeah, Karim Benzema is the the coup de gras of that statement because. Yeah. Look what he's done with Champions League. Look where he's taken Real and La Liga this year. It's kind of, you know, and and not only him, but like Cristiano, he's had, he had a couple of hat tricks uh, in spite of all the shit that was going on with him. He's 37 years old. I mean, he's like, for lack of better terms, the Tom Brady of the soccer world.
2: Well, between him and Messi. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're both fucking aliens, but um, (laughs) they, um, it's amazing how, players now that they are seeing i mean tiago Silva's 37 38 yeah
1: yeah um, other ones up there yep. with
2: the amount that they kind of like look after themselves now i mean you go back 20 30 years they're all drinking 10 pints a day you know what i mean facts
1: um
2: <laughs> with the the, the the massive cultural change and it's it's strange because it's still that i mean i guess maybe people my generation more so mm-hmm. that age thing does that play into it where like you you Chelsea are about to sign, like you know, say a 31-year-old, and it's like <sighs> nowadays, you know, as you've just said, players are going into the, the the late 30s and still playing at a high, high level. Very high level. And it's it's crazy when it's the reverse. When it's like a, a when it's a manager, the Red Bull Salzburg uh-huh. manager, he's like he's only like 34. What? Uh cup. Um the recent Champions League, the the Austrian team that got in
1: yeah yeah Schlager's on that team actually it's funny you said that um yeah
2: the 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 RB, the RB Salzburg manager I think he's like 33 34 and you look at him when he's on Champions League and it's like oh it's, it's a baby right it's just major major, just a, a different job title and it's like you know you can be like a really old 34 year old player but you take your coaching badge and it's like oh it's a baby again
1: Right, exactly. Funny how that all, that all like <laughs> that happens, right? Because I mean, to be fair, we look at—I think it's just something that we're all kind of like uh, instilled with from a very young from a very young age. And this is ages on <laughs> probably at work, um, but you look at an older person; they're the person of authority, you yeah. know. So when you have somebody that's my age who has gone through and done all of their FA qualifications and shit like that and then become a manager of a club that you're just kind of like what he's my age (laughs) he's like (laughs) are he graduated like two years younger than me like shit man i probably should have went out and got my fa certification (laughs) but no yeah it's that that it's funny how it's funny how stigmas are put into play when it comes to the difference between a player and a coach (laughs) um is there like a minimum age for a coach is it is is it's like uh Uh, how it is over here in the US where you you have to be like, I think it's 45 before you can even be a president of 35 to be uh, a representative. No, I don't, I don't believe
2: there's any age. I mean, uh, with the way Chelsea went like a few months ago where we was having that budget, I think it would be as long as you're old enough to drive like the team bus, you know? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's scoot on down to Tottenham. They had an interesting weekend, um, and it just got made even more interesting by another club. Uh, They went up against Burnley. I expected a hell of a lot more goals out of this match, especially being against Burnley. And not to slight Burnley, guys, not to slight you, but looking at the table, how everything's been going lately, we expected about three or four goals out of Tottenham, whereas they only got one. So cheers to y'all for holding (laughs) them down because – it came at the cost of a little – a few yellow cards, though. Harry Kane took a pen after eight minutes of overage in the first half. I felt like that match kind of rolled over a little bit too far on the ref side. Probably should have cut that a little bit shorter than what it was. Pretty sure that penalty would have never happened. But, uh, yeah, just an overall round first half, and you saw Burnley kind of taking it to him, obviously. They had a couple of yellows, Connor, Connor Roberts, uh, 27 minutes, and Nick Pope to give Harry Kane the penalty. Tottenham, uh, with them now being in the fourth spot, solidly, uh, as we're about to get into, what do – and just to kind of backtrack a little bit, you guys are now only two points separate. So – and I believe you, you have a game in hand. What would it take for next weekend if they go up on goal differential Would they move into that third slot? Granted, you guys don't. You guys either draw or take an L. Uh,
2: Yeah, they they would uh, they would take third spot, whether it be uh, temporary or not. I think so long as we so long as we take three points from the last two games, we should be good. I said this. I think uh, uh, me and Carl were chatting about it an episode or two ago. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worried about dropping out of the top four right and back along uh, i think it's been a few years now the big thing i mean i know you get more money obviously for finishing that place higher right but a few years ago if you finished like fourth you had to go through like an extra qualifier game so it was kind of like that added your season started earlier etc uh-huh. but uh, the way that the kind of results are going i think if tottenham took third and the, the the way the results have been going for chelsea i think tottenham do have a good chance of taking third um, I feel that they 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 would have earned it. I've been critical of Tottenham over the the season, mm-hmm. but it's like the last five ten games. It really does look like they've they've started really actually buying into Conte's way. Yeah, I think they've really turned around their home form. They and as you were saying about the goals, I mean they've been pretty free flowing as well. Mm-hmm. He, I think they've only conceded, I think um, at the most one a game. Whereas before Tottenham always had goals in them, you know. Uh, yeah, both yeah. ends of the pitch but yeah I was expecting more goals out of this purely because of the way it is but it, mm. it did seem that this game it kind of like it did play into both of their strengths well this was a resolute Burnley
1: yes and very much has so
2: been Burnley for like the last five or ten years Burnley had their chances in the game mm-hmm. they just didn't have enough to kind of like put them in I think you give Veghorst another season Cornet um I think they 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 will have the creative outlets going forward.
1: Yes, especially that tandem right there. Yeah, um, definitely. The way that they've played over the last 3 matches, cuz I paid attention a little bit harder because of out. The way that they the chemistry is building between them. I this is why I have high hope for high, excuse me, high hopes for them if they go down the championship that they'll be able to next year at least be able to make an attempt at coming up and getting promoted. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot there's just a lot of chemistry there I think I think over the summer during training there's going to be even more chemistry built I feel like they're maybe going to add in a a, a few extra pieces don't really know what they need specifically I would probably say something that secures up the midfield a little bit more but they have as I've said very good chemistry I see a lot of good things coming out of that team I can see a lot of good things coming out of those two players so, uh, with Conte, um, you never know how much
2: a club is actually listening to a manager's point of view. Mm. But the recruitment that they did with uh, Ben Tanko, uh-huh. Kulicevsky coming in. Yeah. Um, I think these were awesome additions. With what they've got, they can really build a kind of like a real unit off of mm. Kane and Son.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you've also seen a uh, better play out of Ryan Sessen-Young. Um, yeah. He's somebody that I – I highly regarded that position, um, and I have for a couple of years. He – it seems that it took him a little bit of time to find his place uh, in Conte's system. Um, and, I mean, I'm glad that he has because he can be a very vital cog of that uh, entire 11.
2: Yeah, he's definitely found the right manager in Conte as well.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: uh, with, with Conte, um, um, and I'm going off of when he was with Chelsea. Mm-hmm the the way that he kind of transformed Victor Moses away from a winger to a wing back, yeah, yeah. um, it's almost like every team that he he goes into manage, there's certain players where he kind of like he knows exactly what to do to to bring their best game out of them, yeah. And Victor Moses, um, he played some of the best football under Conte,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you you kind of seeing that with uh, young Ryan. I mean, he burst on the scene, and it's almost like he just he just needed the right manager to come in with the right words to this is what i want from you
1: yep yeah 100% so Tottenham got a little lift this week from a gunner's side that was uh it was not a loss that anybody was expecting as well i would have called that a draw if i if if this the Newcastle Arsenal match i would have called that a draw just kind of going over the weekend, seeing how everything is gone, and there's a lot of weird shit that happened, especially Sunday. And I don't know if you realized, Sunday, Sunday was a fucking tie fest. Yeah, it's it was. I, I don't. I I don't think I've ever seen so many matches within a day, or even on a weekend, where there's been so many draws. Yeah. But aside from that, Arsenal gave one up to Newcastle, a very strong Newcastle side, might I add. They have really really come up into form over the last six matches i mean they've had they sputtered uh i believe uh, maybe a match or two but it that didn't take away from how solid they were each and every match and with the with new ownership coming in with the summer transfer there's going to be a, a a big turnaround in that club even more so than what we've already seen just over the second half of the season you know what are your thoughts on where Newcastle's going to go, what they're going to do.
2: When the when Newcastle were first taken over, and then for weeks, I mean, God knows how many kind of newspapers and websites got clicked on with their kind of headlines where Newcastle were looking at, like, you know, buying Mbappe. Mm-hmm. I think even Messi uh, was linked briefly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there reading it all, and you could just see it all going wrong. It's almost like they they dropped down a league in player. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then you got to like the the winter transfers and the players that they kind of did bring in, they didn't light up headlines. These weren't like headline grabbing players, but like, my God, did they bring in like the right players at the right time? That uh, Yemeresh, I I think he's going to be a phenomenon next season Mm -hmm. uh, for Newcastle. Yeah. I think if you throw in three or four more players in there in the summer, especially someone that can get the best out of um, so um, definitely if they can bring in someone that can bring the best out of um, Anna St um, I think that they they really do have a chance of even like a top six place. I mean if you go yeah. off of like the kind of like points that they've actually got since Eddie Howe come in, I do believe that just going off of like that part of the table, they do have a they would be finishing in the top eight. And this mm-hmm. is a team that at, at Christmas, I believe that they were bottom of the table with like nine points or something. Yes. yes. Everybody and my, myself included, the way that they were playing, everybody wrote Newcastle off. And like, I've always had a soft spot for Newcastle. Yeah. And I'm so happy for like the Geordie faithful because of all the teams in England, that club gets so much support. I mean, they make St. James Park rock. And it's so awesome to see that they finally get in that team that they deserve again. Mm -hmm. From an Arsenal point of view, um, if I was an Arsenal fan, I was watching that game. There'd be a little kind of like tear in my heart that. Yeah. uh, Watching Eddie Howe with what he's kind of done. And I mean, he is such an underrated manager for me. It's the same as like Graham Potter.
1: Mm -hmm. But he's in the shortlist, isn't he?
2: Yeah. And I mean, rightly so. Um, Yeah. But. You, you've got Arteta and don't get me wrong. I was a, I was critical of Arteta when he came in the first, like, you know, 10, 15 games or so, mm-hmm. but looking over across the dugout at Eddie Howe, um, he was so strongly linked with Arsenal because that uh, his, his, the way that he plays football and he, he, he just sounds such a gentleman in every press conference.
1: Yeah. He really you really kind does.
2: of, you kind of got to be wondering what, what would Arsenal be if he would have kind of like got that job instead of Arteta.
1: Yeah, true. True. I mean, it's I still have I still have a very weird dislike for that man, even though his his coaching roots came from city. I just I I see the good I see that he's a good coach. I'm not I will not take that away from him. I'm literally basing all of my dislike just off the way he looks, because, again, he looks like every douchebag, for lack of better terms, that I grew up with that played soccer. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, I just 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 perspective on that but like
2: i think it's so hard to get a bead on his character as well yes like
1: that's what exactly was in my head you'd be at a house
2: party (laughs) and is that guy where like you just can't tell whether like do i like you or really really hate you you just you can't i can't get a bead on him it's because he has like a wrestling bitch face
1: (laughs) i mean i don't know how else to say that Yeah. yeah He has a full-on RBF, and exactly. It makes it very hard to get a read on him as a coach. Now, on his last interview uh, prior to the Newcastle the Newcastle match, uh-huh. some of the things that he said, he's like, I could not say because I, 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 yeah. I would be six months, six months. Nope, I would not do it. Like, good for you for holding back your shit, but, like, also that should be – that should be an indicator like, hey, squad, you aren't doing your job, yeah, you know, and just this match did not help that that uh, that post press conference for him. I, mean, I I cannot imagine what he did walking into that locker room after after full time. like I just yeah, I mean, no, no, absolutely. Mm-mm. I would have been there. nope, yeah nope. <laughs>
2: yeah, definitely
1: <laughs> let's uh let's take a quick short break. Um, When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jake Daniels. Um, He's the first uh, gay male that has come out in 30 years. That's fantastic. That's that's what I'm going to put there. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more on that and uh, a little bit on the press conference that he had in regards to this.
0: Can I introduce myself as the most handsome man in the Premier League? Yeah, but uh, Sean Dyche is handsome as well, so... Yes, hello, this is Mikel Aterra, the manager of Arsenal. You are listening to the Three Points and a Pie podcast. So, the guys called me about answering some questions on my relationship with Pep. And yeah, guys, I would say it was like an obi one to me. Like a Pep Guardiola. <laughs> he said to me when I was offered the Arsenal manager job. You must go, Mikel, and come back to Manchester a man. So, yeah, guys, we do have some contact since I left. But Pep, guys, he is not a man of so many words. Like, my phone will ring at, like, 2 a.m., and it's gonna be Pep, and he will yell testicles at me. Just like that. TESTICLES! 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 And I sit there and look at my perfect face and think on what could he mean with the testicles thing. So, yeah, guys, I guess you could say he is an enigma. And maybe when I'm a good enough manager, which I already am, I will know what he means with the testicles thing. Maybe it's a tactical, I don't know. But, yeah, this is me, Mikel Arteta, on the 3.7 Pipe podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, my God, I am so handsome.
1: All right, guys, welcome back from the break. Um, As promised, we're going to talk a little bit about Jake Daniels. Jake Daniels... uh, Did something that somebody has not done in 30 years. He has come out about himself. We applaud you for that, by the way, Jake. Congratulations, because that is a huge move. Only 17 years old. Uh, He recently signed uh, earlier this month with Blackpool and just came out and had a meeting about this. Um, You know, it's, it's crazy where we are in this world right now as far as being gay goes. I don't really agree as somebody who grew up in the sports world, um, playing sports with some of the more toxic, masculine, what's the other word I'm looking for, misogynistic even, um, viewpoints. Um, They've always made me feel uncomfortable because, or being raised by a woman, not having my father around, whom was also gay. It was, it, was very, it was a weird, very weird place for me. And now that we're in a world where it is a lot more open and now somebody such as him is comfortable enough to come out and let the world know. I think that that's just a, this, is, this is a great place where sports is. I think he's doing a great thing, um, spe- especially in the world football world. There have been a couple of uh, NFL athletes that have come out in the last few years First off was Michael Sam. Uh, he was drafted by the St. Louis Rams. He kind of got, in my personal opinion, he kind of got shafted. He made it all the way through training cramp. He made it all the way through preseason. They cut him the last day. I feel like there was a little foul play in that. And I believe that he has come out and said that they, he felt targeted uh, in that process, that he knew that the St. Louis Rams brought him in because he was homosexual, because he was the first gay player to come out. Uh, in the NFL uh, or in football, or in American football at least, and then I think they turn and use that against him, and I find that to be a bit a bit contradicting, because you're you're doing it for attention now, and you just made a spectacle spectacle of gay people for what you're, and then you go and cut the guy. He was a very worthwhile talent, by the way. Another player, Carl Nassib, who's currently work are currently playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's had a lot of success uh, over this past season, but you know, the one thing that he made, I think very clear in his opening statement about him being gay was that it doesn't, that was not going to be what made him in this, in this league or in that league. A couple of the statements that uh, Jake Daniels made uh, in going into that is of course, I'm aware that there's going to be a reaction to this. Some of this will be homophobic and maybe in a stadium and maybe on social media, that's gotta be hard. You know, Speaking on our side as two cis males, it's got to be hard going through that.
2: I think it's amazing that it's taken a 17-year-old a, a and as many years for the sport to actually move on and acknowledge. Yeah. I grew up, I, I played sports. Unfortunately, I wasn't very talented at, at football. So I, I was in the rugby crowd. If you mm-hmm. look at my body, you'd kind of see why. Same, bud. But yeah. <laughs> um, so it it – it's one of those and it, it kind of reminded me of more so did I don't know if it's just the American military. I'm just going off because I've been in the States for the last sixteen years. Uh, um where it's that ah, uh, don't ask, don't tell. Right. Where like it it just wasn't spoken about. There was almost like this not elephant in the room, but this whole area of of people's lives that just never got talked about. In England we have the gutter press. Um, mm-hmm horrendous paparazzi yeah um every week you know the for i don't know how many years there was like another kiss and tell story where a woman had slept with a footballer etc cetera, etc cetera. but even then you never got kiss and tell stories about players or players being outed by others
1: mm-hmm. there was
2: almost like this very almost secret kind of world within right and like I, I, I see the, the headlines actually while I was in a uh, my local grocery store. I was in the middle of home bargains. If you're English, you know what I'm on about. Uh huh. Um, in the middle of the aisle, read the article. And, and this, this has made my year. This has made so many years. Mm-hmm. I think I was about 12. Uh, Justin Fashion, kind of come out. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the tragic ending, rest in peace.
1: Uh, rest in peace. Uh,
2: that he actually, and, I remember reading some of like these headlines because I was old enough to read uh, slowly, but I was old enough to read. <laughs> um, and I remember reading some of these headlines and it's like, I couldn't understand why there was so much, there was so much crap thrown at this guy. Yep. And you can kind of understand with the, the hell that guy was put through while this kind of like this, this blanket of silence just got put down for me. Um, football for me, Uh, the terrace is more so than anything else has always been an amazing benchmark of society Yeah. throughout the world um, a lot of places I remember studying Chile uh, when I was at high school Mm -hmm. a lot of places in this world the football terraces have been used for political movement to to move society forward but it can also be an amazing barometer of where your society is I think this this young 17-year-old, I mean, the, the tremendous courage that it it's taken for him to do this, this is going to hopefully break down those last barriers. And it's not going to be an overnight thing, unfortunately. No. Um, I think possibly five, 10 years time. I really, really hope that this is no longer a subject that's talked about because it's been broken down. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, growing up, it was almost like if you, if, if someone was gay, they had to kind of like advertise that fact because Uh straight guys felt lied to in some bizarre reason. Right. I really hope in in five, 10 years time that this goes back to, it's not a big issue because it is so accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, massive, massive phenomenal news. I I think. um, Absolutely. And I hopefully this will, this will give the courage to, to some other players. Because the one thing that's always uh, puzzled me is uh, these players, they have probably, and like your, your, your top-end kind of pros, mm-hmm. they've probably got three, five, ten people that just handle their social media. Yeah. They've got three, four people that revise them on this and this and this.
1: Unless you're Michael and... Richards. <laughs> yeah, you still you left just, on on red. Just get left on red, man. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts after a few weeks, doesn't it, bud? It does a little bit, man. It's just like yeah, you, can, just you keep can at least just knock on the door. That's alright. I will
2: even a little smiley emoji. What's up, Micah? But um, but yeah, there 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 must be uh, gay players currently in the EPL, in the EFL, in world Absolutely. football. Absolutely. And it breaks my heart that they probably have advisors that have advised them against coming out. And it, it breaks my heart that there's so many people that are having to choose their career over like their own, their own lifestyle. They're, 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 what exactly. does it matter? It's their own self. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully this, this starts asking a lot more questions because I've been saying for a while now, um, a lot of the teams, a lot of the players, um, they, they, they were wearing like the, the rainbow laces, etc. And it just gets to a point where it just feels like lip service. Well, it's fine. It's brilliant. You've opened up that dialogue by wearing it. Mm-hmm. But now you have to start asking them questions. You can't just leave that where it is. where Otherwise, it's just lip service. Um, right. These same clubs, the, as you were talking about, it's, it's, it becomes hypocritical. It becomes contradictory. It becomes yep. lip service where they piggyback on the back of something that they feel popular. Yep, but the minute that it feels threatened,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it 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 no, we're
1: gonna retreat back to our comfort zone, right? Which is fear, exactly. Yeah, and, and 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 that's something. Just on a on a whole other topic that I feel like people live in fear on a constant fucking basis. Like there's you have if 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 you're listening, listen good because this is what I'm gonna tell you. If you fear something. It's because you don't know about it do yourself a favor do society a favor and a service by educating yourself on what is and what is not because there's a lot of there's a lot of different stigmas there's a lot of different perceptions that are just not true that are made up by either somebody something somebody told you at some point in time and you just ran with it and you didn't think to go on and and learn any more about it or, or get some fucking truth behind it mm-hmm. um it stop being a part of the fucking problem like yeah. excuse my language but like stop being a part of the problem there's this is this is this sport as you said has 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 been a a center point for for nations for towns small communities you know that's one of the reasons why i love the efl so much is because you have all these different levels of teams that all have that all come from these little ass towns they're all connected, obviously, interweave through, you know, certain bigger city centers, London specifically, mm-hmm. um, Birmingham, shit like that. But in every community, there's a club. You have something to connect with. You have something for your community to be brought in and feel inclusive with. So nobody really feels like left out. So when you go to a fucking uh, a West Brom match, everybody from the West Brom community that you know is probably hanging out there. Going to see their club, their support, and they're—you know what I mean. They're—it's yeah. And that's something you don't really find. You don't find in any other sport, period. Yeah. But going back to inclusivity, why wouldn't you include somebody just because of their sexual orientation? If they like the way a dick looks, if they like the way a vagina looks, let them fucking be, man. Because that's not your fucking issue. Yeah. Straight up, I, I I'm happy in some degree of where the world has gone with this, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, yeah. A lot of that is in relation to religious and cultural beliefs. And that will just take time and evolution for that to you know, eradicate itself. But I feel like on a whole, we're doing a good job. We're doing a better job. This, this right here, Jake Daniels, what he's doing is a big step forward, especially for somebody who's so young. I uh, seventeen. I can't. I can't imagine being seventeen and coming out. Not just to your parents, not just to your friends. I that that has to be hard enough. And I, I will speak on personal experience. As I said, I have a sister. She is gay. Shout out. What's up, Anna? She is gay. She came out to me at a very young age. I'm not going to say what age. I don't really feel like it's the you know details of this story are everybody's knowledge to you know but as somebody who has struggled uh, a bit and not really understanding herself. um, And then when she finally did, when she, you know, had more people that she surrounded herself with, it brought that to her. I was very happy for her in that moment. When she came out to me, I I was, I was proud because there was always this something in me. I knew that she wasn't going to be like everybody else. And it wasn't because I, at that point in my life, when I kind of started having those thoughts towards her. I didn't know what fucking being homosexual was. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even know that guys and girls make babies like that. That was completely out of my mind. You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage for somebody to to put themselves out there like this. And I I, again, I kudos to you. I'm happy for you, Jake. Proud of you for coming out the world, letting everybody know this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. If you don't fucking like it, I don't care. Excuse my language again. Yeah, And no, that's my take on that. It's
2: definitely watershed moment. Completely agree. This is, it's a tremendous day there. I did feel that element of sadness that it's, it's, it's been this long, Yeah, but at least this is, it's hopefully started and a lot of those barriers can be broken down.
1: It's about high time. Everybody started moving on. Uh, and getting out of this regressive ideal um, that we've been subjected to. But not to go on to too many more political things. Um, So yeah, pretty awesome episode. Um, Again, we miss our buddy Kyle. Hope to see him back again next week. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Like share comment subscribe on all of our social medias twitter facebook instagram uh, you can find us at three points in a pie or three points in a pie podcast uh, you can also find us on youtube at three points in a pie podcast uh, we post all of our episodes weekly um, go tell your mama go tell your daddy go tell your sister's friends go tell your brother's friends i don't care who the fuck you tell just tell somebody until then we'll see you next time Scratch the sun, i walk
0: away, I better run, and I need to know
2: if you're feeling fine, cause I'm feeling numb, we got a city to run, so let's blow the roof. Scratch the sun, i walk away, I better run, and I need to know if you're feeling fine, cause I'm feeling numb, we got a city to run, so let's blow the roof.